In this video, I'm going to share with you the secret money saving rules that I learned from the best of both worlds, Asia and the US. For people who don't know me, I have both Asian and American backgrounds, but the most significant time when I actually developed my value and culture was mostly in the US. So when I first moved back to Asia after spending a long time in the States, I actually experienced cultural shock on how people spend their money, how everyone in Singapore is living with their parents even though they are over 18 years old or even 40 years old. versus in the US, everyone is moving out of parents' house at the age of 18 and how everyone in Singapore is trying to save all the money to buy a house versus the people in the US, they just want to enjoy life and they can live off rental their whole life and how people in Asia live much smaller apartments. For example, in Singapore, an average own apartment is 1,067 square feet versus in the US, an average own home is 2,680 square feet. Americans are encouraged to spend more, live big, enjoy life versus Singaporeans and Asians are always trying all they can to save money for retirement. And if you don't save, the government will still force you to save in the government retirement scheme like the CPF fund in Singapore. So having lived in Asia and US, I gradually figured out the best way of saving money from both worlds. In the US, I learned that life is short and we should enjoy life as much as possible rather than being just frugal. While in Asia, especially in Singapore, I learned that some wife keeps all her husband's salary and then give back allowance on a monthly basis. So I also figured out a way to give myself allowance. So the essence of my five step money saving rules is to know your real capacity, be minimalist and focus on essentials. So first step is to figure out your real total income on a monthly basis. People may think, oh, I make $10,000 a month, so this month I can spend $10,000, but in the end of the month, they feel they overspend. So when I calculate my total real income, I usually exclude those variable investment income, such as stock trading, because those are unknown variables. Sometimes you may gain, sometimes you may lose. If you calculate those variable income into your total income, you may constantly living on the edge. So I exclude those unless you're investment income is very stable like your property rental income or guarantee yearly dividends. So let's say just for the sake of easy calculation you make $10,000 a month that include your salary, guarantee dividends and rental income. The second step is to calculate your net income. Depends on your citizenship or residency you may have different tax rates. So for me as a US citizen I may need to pay maybe a combination of like 35 to 40 percent taxes to both US and Singapore. So the 10,000 minus 3 3.5,000 leaves me 6.5,000. Maybe if your tax rate is only 10%, then you have 2.5,000 to spend more than myself. Then you also need to minus other deduction. For example, in the US, they deduct 401k. In Singapore, they deduct CPF. So for my personal account, I usually deduct about 1.2,000 per month. So 6.5,000 minus 1.2,000 equals 5.3,000. Then we also have other yearly commitments such as health insurance that deduct yearly. So for example, I pay $1,000 per year for my health insurance. So on a monthly basis, it's about $80 per month. So previously, we calculated 5.3,000 minus $80 equal to $5,220. On top of that, I also leave about 10% as an emergency fund in case I fell sick or my family fell sick. 10% is about $1,000 per month. But 
continue to watch this video until the end to see how I utilize this reserve fund for savings. Anyway, now it means $4,220 is my real spending power. The difference of calculating this amount versus our gross income is that this is our real spending power so that it will prevent us from overspending. The third step is for us to calculate our most essential cost of living. In this case, it's rental cost or mortgage. For a lot of Singaporeans, they don't need to pay for their mortgage out of pocket because they can utilize a CPF fund to pay for it. But for me, living in a rental property, I spend about $2,400 to $2,500 per month for my home that covers rent, utilities and other fees. So that leaves me $1,820 per month to spend. The fourth step is a super important step because it's a step to calculate the daily allowance for yourself. Because if you don't give yourself a daily allowance, you just keep spending and spending without actually knowing the limit. And this is what I meant by learning from the Singaporean wife giving allowance to their husbands. So with the $1,820 a month, I would divide it up by 30 days. Per day, I allow myself to spend $60. Then I would ask myself what essential activities I need to do. I would need to take transportation. I would try to walk or take public transportation as much as possible these days instead of taxi. That allows me to save about $100 per month. These days, I only spend about $30 transportation fee per month. And then I need to eat for sure. I love food, so I actually would spend on food. Depends on the days, but on average, I spend about $30 per day on foods. But on the weekend, I allow myself to spend on the more expensive food because I save some quota from the weekday that allows me to reward myself more on the weekends. So by and large, my food spending is about $1,000 per month. Then I also need a phone plan. I bought the cheapest phone plan. It's only $20 per month. These days, everywhere is Wi-Fi, so I just picked the most basic plan. Other than that, my spending is actually quite minimalist. I don't have helper. I clean the house myself. I don't watch TV or Netflix, so I have no subscription fee to pay. I run outdoors, so I don't even need to pay for the gym. I would say the only hobby that I actually pay for is Latin dance, $104 per month. But I think it's very important for us to develop our hobby, so it's actually worth spending that money. Maybe for you, your hobby is to watch a movie, go to museum, play tennis, rent a bike, basketball or other sports. So anyway, with all the deducted, $1,820 minus 30 minus 1,000 minus 20 minus 104, it still leaves me $666 per month for saving. But these are really loose margin for me to spend because I already put aside my retirement fund and my emergency fund. So the rest of the $666 is really for me to spend whatever without any liability at all. And when I have more margin than month, I will still indulge myself with a good bottle of wine or a Michelin star restaurant and I'm still able to maintain the lifestyle I want. And remember, this $666 I save may not be just $666 because I still have $1,000 emergency fund that I save on the side. So when I don't use the emergency fund, I save about almost $2,000 a month. Add it up for the whole year, it becomes $24,000 per year. And if I have other very income that year, that would be even more. And I usually have other investment income here and there, 20k, 30k, it all adds up. Lastly, while saving money is super important, don't forget to enjoy life because life is so unpredictable. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. So always go out and enjoy life.
Hope you really enjoyed this video. Let me know if you find this video helpful on organizing personal finance and save money. What are the tips that you use to save money? Please comment your tips below. Don't forget to give a thumb up and subscribe to my channel. Make sure to share this video to help others as well. If you want to receive my weekly video uploads, turn on the notification bell next to the subscribe button. If you want to enjoy commission free for stock trading, you may use my referral link below to receive extra bonus on Weibo app. You need a US bank account for now. Take care. See you next time.